Welcome back to the part 2 of the post era brought to you by Man United Pay Podcast. After talking through the years of David Moyes and Louis Van Gaal in the first part, it's time to move on to Jose and Ole. If you haven't heard the first part yet, then I would advise you to listen to it first before tuning into this one. Thank you. I mean, how excited were you when Jose was appointed after Louis Van Gaal? Oh, I was very excited. Uh, there are a lot of reasons for that. First of all, I was sick of watching my team play like that under LVG. It had become unbearable. Talk a lot about philosophy and how good a manager he was and how tactically spot on he was and everything. But as a fan, when you watch United play like that, you know that the ball is going to come from there, from the left flank to the defense and from there to the right flank and back and forth. So it was a really bad experience watching United play like that. It was very frustrating. So I was very excited when Jose was signed because I hoped that that would go away. We would, you know, play more direct football, which is also something that Jose used to say in the press conferences when he joined in. Also, I had a feeling, I mean, I always felt that if instead of signing Moes, we had signed Jose, then our fortunes would have been different for the last three seasons. So it was a kind of an opportunity for us to work on that mistake and start again. I mean, we did well with Jose for the first two seasons. We did really good. There were a lot of positives and everything. So I was also excited about that. Jose has worked in and he would be managing. He is a proven manager. Uh, He has won everywhere he went. So I was very excited. I was very hopeful and also hoping that I will see more direct football. And one thing more also is that when Jose was appointed, at the same time, City appointed Pep. And they have been having this age-old rivalry. Right. Like right from that time when they started coaching in Barcelona together to the times when he was coaching Madrid and Pep was coaching Barcelona, their rivalry is pretty legendary. So when both of them came and joined United and City, everybody was taking it as not only a City derby rivalry, but a rivalry between Jose and Pep. And also the kind of players, along with the signing of Jose, if you see the kind of players Jose brought into the club, that got pretty much every United fan excited in terms of the players that he brought in. I think he got the best player from every league. So he got Eric Bailly as the best defender of Spain, Spanish league. Zlatan from French league. Mkhitaryan from the German league. And Pogba from the Italian league. So he... Picked up four best players of four different leagues. And the result was evident. That season, we won two trophies. And we lost to Chelsea, I think, in the FA Cup final where Eden Hazard scored the winner. I think it was a penalty in the first half. Apart from that, I think the season was phenomenal. Don't you think so? Absolutely. Although Jose thinks he won three things because he seems to count the community Community shield shield also. also. But uh, It's all right. Yeah, but like yeah, uh, winning okay. two trophies in your first season and potentially almost a third because we reached the finals and we lost for the FA Cup. So it was an excellent start to his career in Man United and especially the team, the kind of football also they were playing. It was not a very boring brand of football like how we were seeing under LVG. 
so that got everybody going and it really raised the expectations and everybody was expecting next season for us to win the league which we weren't really expecting under moes or lvg lvg did show a lot of promise but everybody knew it was a project for the future and it would take a certain amount of time so winning the league was a aspiration but it wasn't really a hope or a reality which anybody was expecting but under jose everybody had the feeling that yes we with the kind of team that we have and with the kind of football that we were playing everybody did think that we will win the league next season we were not like very good or anything i mean we were good but there was a big difference between city and us at that time and other teams as well but the signs were promising we knew that this is jose's first season only and we were doing a lot of things right at that moment i remember there was a stretch of 20 odd games where we did not lose any games i mean a lot of draws over there in that but there was a big streak where we did not lose any games as well so things looked promising i think it started getting a bit shaky after zlatan got injured so i think if right. ibra did not get injured we would have had much more success uh, with jose as our manager so that's probably a very pivotal point from which things became a bit out of control otherwise we were doing really well and were in the right direction absolutely because he was our main striker and once he got injured we didn't really have much of a backup plan for him Yeah, but we got Lukaku the next season. And, yeah, the uh, next season. The next right. season, but that season. Yeah. Right. I mean, that season right. we were fine. We still won two trophies, and one of the trophies uh, United never won before the UEFA Europa League. It was amazing, isn't it? Like the last trophy missing in the wardrobe of United, even though it does not carry all the elite clubs of Europe. But that's one trophy even Alex Ferguson didn't win. So yeah but that is you had to give it to him we weren't playing macho we weren't playing in the europa league <laughs> Yeah. We did and we lost to Bilbao also. I don't know if you remember when Ander Herrera put up a performance which resulted us in getting into a pursuit of signing him. Right. So I think when we did uh, Sir Alex did not take it seriously that's a different ball game altogether yeah. but I think winning the Europa League still remains to be one of the pinnacle of our success during our time after Ferguson. Right. Yeah, one of the biggest trophies that we have won after that. So, yeah, definitely. In the second season, I think Jose was backed properly. I would say that a couple of players Jose wanted from Edward Ward, and they were given to him. Like Romelu Lukaku was signed, and then Victor Lindelof was signed. So, I think we did well there. And Nemanja Matic was signed, and from a direct rival like right. Chelsea. we so we were able to sign him as well so in the summers we did a really good business and the results were there and so that also there. like lukaku everybody knew that lukaku was going to chelsea and the deal yeah. was almost done and we were apparently going to buy morata but somehow woodward right. managed to pull off the deal and we signed lukaku and morata landed up going to chelsea which in hindsight looked like a great deal because somehow he just couldn't kick on his career and i think it is because of this backing during the transfer window that we were able to manage second position in that season and we had our hopes really high for the third season after that because we knew that we were very close just a couple of holes were needed to be fixed and we were doing good and we will be able to be a better team the next season and then you know Mourinho third season happened where he went into that self destruct mode and had a fallout with players and the board and everyone but i think 
it may have not happened if he would have been supported in the transfer window before the third season as well. So I think the first two seasons it's a little unfair, well. isn't it? Because he signed two centre back in the last two seasons. He signed Eric Bai and he signed Victor Lindelof, and he was still looking for another centre back. Don't yeah, you but, think uh, that was a bit of stretch? I, no, but I don't think I, it's a yeah. bit of a stretch, uh, Tanmay, because like if you look at it, Eric Bai, whenever he's played for us, he's been a great player, but he's injury prone and he keeps getting injured. And secondly, after Eric Bai, the next two players in line was Chris Smalling and Phil Jones, whom you just can't depend on. And defence was a big weakness in the whole team when it came to United. And we were supposed to sign Maguire and we landed up signing Maguire next season for almost 15 million or 20 million extra. And also if you look at Manchester City, like how many centre-backs and full-backs has Pep bought? He bought Mangala, John Stones, Otamendi, Laporte. Then in terms of full-back, Kyle Walker, Cancelo... Benjamin Mendy, Danilo, quite a few. And all of these guys are like almost in the 40 to 50 million range. So if you look at Pep, the amount he spent on defense, in terms of that, Jose asking for a third centre-back when it was clearly visible that like our backup options weren't good once Bai was injured. I don't think it was a big ask. It was a pretty logical ask. And Bai is very injury prone. I mean, even if he is fit, you can always expect him to get injured. I mean, uh, he got injured multiple times during that season. So just because Bai and Lindelof oversigned in the previous two seasons, that does not mean that the team does not need a central defender, which clearly showed in the third season that we did actually need a defender because we were so poor defensively. So, it was a manager's call at that time. Jose had all the right to say that it is my call. The way I analyze and evaluate the team, we do need a defender. And Ed Woodward did not have that right that without the football knowledge that one would require to be a director of football, he would just deny him the player that he wanted. I think I want to bring in a third person's view out here with Arslan because... He has been a Real Madrid fan since I've known him. And Man United and Real Madrid have enjoyed a healthy rivalry throughout the time with the transfer of few players, etc. But you watched us going down since Fergie retired. What was your take as an outsider and how you were looking into this situation? Well, you see, the fans have had a different expectation and the managers that you've hired have not really lived up to it. Moes was a mediocre manager and he was definitely not going to live up to it in long term. Louis van Gaal and Mourinho, even though they were successful always, they were never famous for their attractive football. They would rather go for win than play. They are more results-oriented. Yes, results-oriented. Pragmatic approach. And as we call ourselves also Manchester United way, which is supposed to be a fast attacking football. So, they have never really met the expectations of fans in the long term. Maybe initially when they came and they got the results, good football. Even Ole when he came in and the first few games of his, they were so fast-paced and there was so much good counter-attacking that the fans fell in love with him. Even though the results came bad for him also, but everyone is giving him a chance because he's a legend in the club. They all have feelings for him. And so, it's understandable that he's going to get longer periods than the rest of them. But those guys were never known for the fast attacking football. That's true. That's true. But it was also a part of the rebuilding that was happening since Louis van Hal's time. 
But Lou Vanga did do the rebuild. He, as we discussed already, a lot of players came in and went. The transfer window that Moyes had didn't do much business in it. He ended up signing two desperate players just for the sake of saying that we did sign somebody. But the whole rebuild actually happened during Van Gaal's time. And like somebody else pointed out earlier, nobody else would have probably been able to do it. No right. other manager would have struck it down. No, I want these guys out of my team and I want these guys in my team. Even Mourinho complained about the transfer market. Maguire, he had been asking for one full season. And now we can see why exactly he was asking for it. Right now, the Manchester United defence is probably one of the best in the league. I think it's one of the best in the world right now after PSG because they have considered the second lowest goal since that time. No, but okay, then again, so that is again just a statistic because like in the Premier League, if we see, we just have like some eight or something clean sheets and all of the rest of the ones are in Carabao and Europa. That's all right. So Somebody, that stat also needs to be taken with a pinch of salt is all I'm saying. But we what have, Manchester United actually need to play the way that they've known for years. Right. Most people who are season holders, they've known the club for years. They're not just somebody like Manchester City has. They've just started following for five years or something. But these guys have known the football, the way they've grown up with it is just not being played. So, they were really not impressed. Absolutely. So, coming into the third season of Moreno, where we see Sanchez coming in the January window as an exchange for Mkhitaryan. And then we get Fred and Diogo Dalo. Dalo, Ligrant and uh, Fred were the summer signings. And January... Sanchez came in. That is where Moreno was looking for Harry Maguire and it never appeared, isn't it? Right, right. I don't think Sanchez was his signing. Sanchez just became available because he was going to City and doing pretty well for Arsenal in the previous season. Although that season, if you look at him, he didn't have great numbers and he was injured for a certain part of that season. But we went all out and got him. Sanchez was a senior buy to Di Maria, I would say. A good right. player at another club and you needed somebody, you talismatic a seven and so you guys bought them. Instead but of actually knowing what you're going to use them. And, and somehow we always... Sell some, shirts. Yeah, but somehow we always land up buying these left-wingers and overload the team with left-wingers and have no right-wingers in the team. Because I remember when Sanchez came in, that time Martial was doing very well and he was scoring almost every second game. But then Sanchez came in and then he was put into the team and Martial was benched. And on the same time, like there was nobody on the right-hand side of the team where sometimes yeah. Mata was playing as a right-winger. So, it was just an unnecessary signing and especially with the kind of wages which he was being paid. Now, he's become a liability which we have and we can't seem to get rid of also because he's on such high wages that no other team would want to take him either on loan or buy him. And he as a player in his 30s would obviously not want to forego the kind of salary which he's getting and join some other team for a lower salary. Interestingly, during the last six seasons, we have signed six central midfielders, five centre-backs, one defensive midfielder and five left-wingers. Compare this with the rest of the positions that we have. We have signed three strikers, one number 10, zero right-wing players and one left-back. So, I mean, the transfer strategy is all over the place. I mean, we have made some decisions, some transfer decisions purely on the basis of who was available. 
regardless of whether they fit in our system or fit in our strategy or not. We just signed them because they were available and we wanted them for some reason. Sometimes to show an intent that Manchester United is going for the best business. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we mean business. Sometimes uh, they just wanted their rivals to not get a certain player and then they you know, tried nab them sometimes just to, you know, sell shirts because a marquee name like Falcao and Di Maria, which nobody knew, even even LVG wasn't sure how he is going to play them. But they were signed with, you know, we did need signings. So it's not that we are opposing the signings, but were they the right fit or not is the question. So in, in They might be good players, but uh, right. like in terms of squad balance, it was maybe not the best of signings because like we were just overloading on positions in which we already had players rather than looking at the positions where we actually needed players. Exactly. Signing just one number 10 in the last six years you know, really tells us something. Like zero right wingers and three strikers out of them, one is Falcao as a loan signing. It has not really been very pragmatic transfer strategy from Edward Wood and company. Right. I think that is where a director of football comes in. But I think that's a separate topic and we'll leave it for some other day. As a fan, what would you guys prefer? A manager to leave when he's not getting the transfers he wants or just to surrender to the management and take whatever he gets? I think it should be a mix of both. It can't be a manager who wants to just be like it's my way or the highway kind of an attitude, but it should be a mix of both. No, of course, in an ideal situation, it should be a mix of both. But what should the manager do? Stick around, just bow down to the management. Okay, whatever you give, I will do with it. Or no, stick to his points. No, I want this player at all costs. Of course, not go beyond the market value. But, you know, this is the player I want. I don't want anybody else. I think more than the player, this is where like our scouting system should come in. Because I think as a manager, he should be telling the management that I need a player in this position. And now it is up to the scouting team and the scouts which United have, which is apparently more than 60 or something, to actually go and find two, three people for that position to play in. It shouldn't be the manager who's actually going and scouting these players all over Europe or the world. It should be the scout, like we are paying the scouts a hefty sum of money we have like I think one of the biggest network of scouts so I honestly don't see what they actually do because like we always go and buy the best of players whoever is performing the best in their respective leagues or something so ideally the manager should give a position be it right wing centre back centre defensive midfielder he should give the position where he has a requirement and it's the scouting or the head scout who should actually go and get a list of 2-3 players and ask the manager who would be his top priority and accordingly go for them in the market so that there's a proper alternative also if they are not able to acquire the first target. So what was to be a Man United fan in the third season of Jose where you see your manager sulking there is a lot of negativity around the club the boardroom is not with the manager press conferences are full of negativity what was it like? Right. So, the third season of Mourinho as a Manu fan, it was quite frustrating watching the team play. Uh, One, during the press conferences only, like you could make out that Mourinho wasn't in the right frame of mind and he had reached his tipping point where like the questions uh, from the media was starting to irritate him and like when, like as we saw in the first season where he was, where he used to joke around, make fun and like uh, press conferences were quite fun to watch. In the third season, the same press conference was, uh, you could 
feel the toxicity in the air where the like Mourinho felt that the media was out there to get him and uh, like that reflected on the pitch as well where the team wasn't performing well like Mourinho's teams have always been very defensively strong but like defensively also we were performing quite poorly we weren't scoring enough goals games were pretty boring to watch it sometimes felt like uh, LVG's last season where the same boring brand of football was being played so it was quite a sad situation as a Man United fan during that point of time yeah if i if i remember correctly people started calling for mourinho's head uh, after uh, the first few weeks of the season itself so i think a match week 8 or 9 was by the time people had started saying that mourinho third season has started and it is right. going to end well and we should probably get over the loss as possible yeah exactly and i think there was this one game against newcastle where uh, surprisingly pogba played really well and and united uh, won that game there were rumors before the game that if united fails to win this game uh, mourinho will be sacked but then uh, united somehow managed to win that game uh, the third score the, the third goal was scored by alexis sanchez i think so uh, after that uh, it gave uh, mourinho some breather so he was able to continue for for a bit longer but then eventually he was sacked in in december so yeah it 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 was for me it was very frustrating because just a season before that we were second and it had uh, we we had started hoping that we are probably going to do better Uh, the the next season if not challenge for the title at least we will be comfortably stay in the top 4 and things were the exact opposite of that so it was quite frustrating and you just can't shrug off the fact that this would not have been the case if mourinho had been backed uh, during the transfer window he he publicly uh, came out and said that you know he wanted a defender and he was not given a defender uh, so i think it all started from there and and that's why it was very frustrating right. and it, since, that was the, is, that was the tipping yeah. point and things just kind of snowballed right from there and what was even more uh, shocking for a manu fan was that the decline was so rapid and so sudden because uh, as right. you were saying like in the previous season we were we came second although we came second by quite a margin but still we came second and the next season somehow like it, although we had the same team along with few other additions uh, it somehow felt like the team forgot how to play football altogether right right so the- well mourinho probably lost interest after not getting the support from the management and then the dressing room also felt that he is not fully committed to the team anymore but that is why i think the management also is to be blamed because before the end of his second season mourinho was given a contract extension so if you are giving the manager a contract extension you better back him in the market as well there's no use giving him a new contract and then not back him and then make things worse Uh, for the club altogether absolutely absolutely very good point it was very very baffling uh, you just can't really explain why would you do that uh, to the manager that you have uh, shown a very strong support for a few months back i mean and first uh, of all, he would... didn't even require a contract extension because it's not his uh, contract was expiring he still had a year left on his contract and that also midway through the season i don't understand understand like why like they had to give an extension in the first place and 
secondly, if you're giving the extension, like uh, as Amin was saying, it's mind baffling. Like why you would not back? I agree, and I think it came in the right time also as uh, Jose left because I think Ole was a, a breath of fresh air after that uh, Jose was sacked uh, because there was so much toxicity and negativity around the club that we desperately wanted someone to come in and help the united team club as a overall to be someone need to pull them up of the lowest point the club was reaching in and i i don't think moe's performance was the lowest point i think the toxicity around united just before jose was sacked was the lowest point since sir alex ferguson has left and for ole to come in and bring us out of that negativity out of that toxic environment has been the biggest achievement so far and we all would agree that yes after he came in he won around 9 to 11 matches and then things did not go well of course and then uh, this season also with a lot of injuries and uncertainty around pogba's future we haven't seen a lot of bright side of united but we at least know that there is a plan there is a foundation in place and united perhaps for the first time in the last 6 years is actually heading towards the right direction rather than signing some random players and trying to play in a different way do right, you think the, so right the structure is there like now you see that the positions which need to be reinforced those positions are being reinforced and like we are going about it in a more systematic manner so the future looks brighter right i would right. still not call uh, i would still not say that we are still spot on uh, there are still a lot of improvements that we need to do because we are although not signing the players that we should not sign but uh, we are also not a finishing business on the players that we should sign so we have our targets we have identified targets uh, long term targets who are going to help in the rebuilding of the team uh, but then uh, we are taking way too long to actually complete those transfers and sometimes right. it is taking it's more low. than a, sometimes yeah. it's taking more than one transfer win- window to get those business done so i think that's something that we need to work on yes the direction is right but i am not really sure that the pace with which we are going about this is 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 right for us because we take almost more than a month to complete one transfer which in today's market is shocking because it's not like the paperwork needs to be hand delivered or something like that it's just the negotiations part of it rest everything is done electronically so taking one one month to complete a deal is pretty shocking but right. i think defense of the management right now i would say this every club that you get as every player that you get linked to the club is trying to mint money out of you guys Right. So right. it does become yeah, a very true. difficult negotiation for you guys. So right. the management, of the course, is not going to go wild and pay any number of money asked by the other team. So but it does become a little difficult for them. But then again, Ed Woodward is not winning. Yeah, Ed Woodward is not winning that battle actually. Yeah, He ends up paying that, paying or that sometimes too. more than that actually. So yeah. Well, would you like to give it at the first go, the moment somebody asks for it, or would you like the negotiation to happen? It depends well, on what games to are the, to be played because well, the it's Bruno, the off season. The, the, the Bruno it's Fernandez, the, the Bruno Fernandez deal. We were supposed to sign him in the beginning of December itself, but we signed him right towards the end. And in the middle, uh, between those a few weeks, like we played games like Burnley and few other smaller teams. 
which we should have won the games was clearly not won because of lack of creativity and like how, how we were missing creator in the middle of the park and those games i think if bruno would have been there we could have won those games and like we could have been in the fourth position currently instead of trying yeah. to chase chelsea because chelsea also they dropped so many points and gave us opportunities but we never capitalized on that i think it makes a lot of sense on what you guys have been saying but just to conclude what do you think ole needs to do right now to bridge this gap that we are seeing okay so for the next for the remainder of the season obviously we need uh, we need to be more attacking when it comes to the lower level teams i don't think we should be playing with two holding midfielders for lower teams also where they are basically going to put up defense and park the bus and expect us to score and then counter so i don't think we should play with two holding midfielders in those kind of games and coming to next season i think again like getting into the coaching stuff we should get better co- backroom coaching stuff because uh, ole is inexperienced he's learning his trade makena karek all these guys like uh, young coaches who are also learning their trade and mick feelan is the only experienced coach out there so you can't have like a coach and the backroom coaching staff and the manager everybody who's trying to learn their trade on the job i think i would disagree with you on this because i think the coaching staff has the- done brilliant job when it comes to the game strategy and because that's why ole has been uh, having a very good record against the top 6 i think the problem here yeah, has been in game management tops. Yeah, but that's only against the. I mean, six. see, the problem like if you has been it, not like against the other teams because Ole did not have a proper number ten, and now with Bruno coming in, and of course, if we are able to keep Pogba, things will change it different. What we did not see, according to me, is that the in-game management where you cannot bring someone from the bench to make a difference, which I mean pointed out in previous episodes that we need quality on the bench. Now, if we are going against a team and our top 11 who has been fielded on that day is not performing we look for lingard or pereira to come and make a difference which is not right and that is where i think we would like to see some quality put out there in the bench who would come and make a difference i think i mean also made another important point that we do tend to keep transfers till the final day which is not right and if we are taking one month to sign one player it's not going to work out well anymore if we are going in for jaden sancho or if we are going in for Green, there would be other clubs other suitors as well and we have to make sure that we wrap up these things well beforehand so that we don't get into a market where or negotiating with multiple clubs out there so these are certain points from me of course that i would like to see going into future no i agree i agree with you although i mean as we have as we have always seen uh, with ed woodward handling the transfers uh, for the for the players who we have identified as uh, someone who we re- we really need they are not swift in getting those transfers done in in comparison if there is a player that we are kind of interested in but someone else is also interested in then we are very swift in getting that player just like we did in the case of alexis sanchez so so this is something that edward would needs to stop doing we need to prioritize the signings that we have identified and regardless of whether other clubs rate those players or not we should just get our business done very quickly okay I think that is where we are going to end out today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are going to talk about certain feedback that we have received very soon, so stay tuned. Okay, so we have received feedback from a few of the listeners and before we get into the feedback, I would like to say 
thank you to all the love that we have been receiving from different part of the world uh, our listeners are increasing day by day and we would encourage you to reach out to us over different social media platform and also you can write to us in manunitedway.podcast@gmail.com your feedback is very important and we will try and bring your messages uh, as a part of this podcast and we'll discuss them out so the first feedback was from swagat and uh, he said that one season too early for henderson to replace david dahia grillish has been careless but we need an alternative for pogba because he might change his mind in mid season and might want to leave once again we definitely need a central defensive midfielder and a striker because marshall is inconsistent any comments on them yeah i tend to agree with him on all his points because uh, <laughs> henderson i think next season he should be out on loan he shouldn't be brought back in and pogba yeah like like if you're following the news every day like on tuesday it will be that pogba wants to say on thursday it is that pogba wants to leave and i think if we keep him also next season it's the same thing like he'll play two good games and then they'll be like real madrid is chasing after him and there'll be two bad games and then they'll be like he's unhappy with the team and he wants to leave so like i think this is going to continue so like it's best to cash in on him and get in grealish and maybe some other defensive midfielder also with the kind of money he is going to bring in regarding the striker part of it also yeah uh, not only is uh, like i would like to get in a proper striker like apart from igalo also maybe a wona or somebody and not only because marshall has a very different kind of a game like he's a false nine and not really a proper striker on top of that he's quite injury prone also so like i don't think till date he has finished played one full season of all the four seasons that he's been here so yes i think uh, swagat's points are quite valid and it makes a lot of sense another feedback from mayup is that a central defensive midfielder is the most underappreciated role in any team and united must sign one even though it looks very unlikely united will continue to work around with fred and mctominay and they are not going to sign one in the summer yeah i completely agree with mayup on on this as well because uh, we discussed this uh, in the last episode we re- really need someone who is a specialist in that position and uh, every time uh, when we are going into our transfer window we have other positions that we prioritize and this gets neglected and uh, we bought matich a couple of seasons back and uh, he has been sometimes very good and sometimes very poor uh, but every time he was not our preferred player there we just you know used scott mctominay or pogba or fred in the in those positions so we really need to get a quality player there it is very much required and i also agree with him that this still might not happen because you know we are going after uh, jaden sancho so maybe we would prioritize that and uh, given the track record of how ed woodward does his business i don't think he will be able to i don't think he is capable of getting those you know two or three positions filled in one transfer window so i don't have very big hopes about that let's let's hope that it happens let's hope that we get that right wing and uh, central defensive midfield position filled but yeah it is possible that that might not happen this season as well a career defining summer for edward wood uh-huh. <laughs> right i think we've all discussed that like the we need to make three signings of a central defensive midfielder a right winger and a striker but uh, what we actually land up with next summer beginning of the season that is to be seen conscious of time i, I don't think uh, we would be able to discuss more email that we have received so far but i would like to uh, highlight 
that uh, we appreciate your feedback. Please write to us. Please let us know what do you think about the discussion that we are having. Uh, you could also leave us voice messages via Anchor and we would try and incorporate them into the episodes so that you can be a part of the discussion as well. Thank you so much for joining in. Once again, have a nice day. Stay safe. Stay indoors. powerful tool available to mankind and that's what has brought us back to the games even after a few years to forget. We certainly see the tides are finally turning into our favor as the team is playing fast and attacking football as we call it the Man United way. And few areas which needed utmost attention in terms of team management, bringing back the DNA and transfers are looking positive as well. Man United Way podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple and Google. We appreciate you tuning into this episode and if you like it, please leave a feedback and share with your friends. We'll come back with another episode soon. Until then, stay indoors, stay safe.